Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. You're listening to Rabot & Co. here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now, here's Louis Rabot. All right, let's get back at it. 11 o'clock hour here on Rabot & Co. ESPN 680, 105.7. Alongside Zach Cantrell, hey, I'm Louis Rabot at Radio Louis on Twitter. You can find the station at ESPN 680. As well, we got tons and tons of uh, extra coverage going on this week here. Saturday, all those basketball games I talked about last week. St. John's, UConn, Houston, Kansas, Bellarmine will be playing Queens, Duke, North Carolina, and of course, Louisville. And Florida, we will have um, the, the Florida State. It's got to be Florida State. Uh, <laughs> we'll have all of it on Saturday. Sunday, uh, we'll have some additional coverage uh, as well. I, um, I Texture saying that we didn't mention Herschel Walker, and if that happened, I apologize. That is I a mean, massive oversight. He job. started the Cowboys dynasty, yeah. plus he actually has the professional football record for most rushing yards because he did it in the USFL. Great point. Rushed for 2,500 yards, I think, in a season. You know who, is, uh, who he played for? <laughs> In the USFL? Yeah. Donald Trump. That's right. Okay. The New Jersey Generals. <laughs> okay, there you go. I um we'll get Whatever into, happened to that guy? <laughs> you know what? I heard it didn't work out in football. He just fell to the wayside. I heard he tried to buy the bills. <laughs> Texture. True story. Uh that last segment, it became the meme where the girlfriend thinks her boyfriend is out cheating and he's actually just at a friend's house raining, r- naming random NFL running backs. A hundred percent. That's exactly right. A hundred percent. That's why, by the way, when I started doing horse racing and the text kept coming, I stopped doing horse racing. Girls don't have anything to worry about. It's far more likely I'm just gonna sit there and name random wide receivers and running backs from the two thousands. I agree. All right, so let's get to Louisville basketball. They lose to Virginia. They were down uh, six hundred and eight to five after the first <laughs> half, and um, it, it is it is worth hearing at the time when Mike Tomlin actually has some time off in his life, which has got to be unusual for an NFL coach to hear him talk because we've heard Kenny Payne a lot um, after these kinds of games. A texter earlier in this show texted in that at the Yum Center, Zach, at the Yum Center after a year and a half of his coaching career. Tony Bennett has more wins in the Yum Center than Kenny Payne does. I want that to wash over everyone. What? Okay. And and Kenny, by the way, what's the, the numbers? You know, it's probably like seven to six. Yeah, because Bennett's been at Virginia since twenty ten. Okay. I, I mean, it's Somewhere it's it's stunning, man. Uh, Texter, I heard he tried to buy Greenland. Yeah, that that worked. That didn't work out either. It's like the, the Danes did not give it up. Yeah, it's like the stat. Like remember seeing like old Browns quarterback. I forgot Trump tried. To he buy tried to Greenland. buy Greenland. Yes, he did. What a goat move! What? <laughs> Where are you, Biden? Huh? Huh? You gonna buy Greenland? Huh? Huh? Biden's like what? Just, what? What? <laughs> That's a good comeback. That stat reminds me of like the old Greenland. old Browns quarterbacks. They'd be like. Oh, well, Joe Flacco or Ben Roethlisberger has more wins at the Browns stadium than any Browns quarterback other than Baker Mayfield. Oh, man. Um, boy, this is going to be a Tried good Tried to statement. buy Greenland. I can't I believe that. I forgot about that. It's so fantastic. It's so ridiculous. All right. So let's let's go through some sound here. And, you know, there are two different KPs postgame. One is at the podium where he's less happy. And then one's when he's with either Paul and Jody or Paul and Bob. And he seems to be a little more... Happy, if you will. Let's go ahead. This is this is a uh, which one are we playing? I apologize, I have already forgotten. Are we doing the IQ question? I believe. So. Okay, great. Yeah. So this is with Paul and Jody. So this is when he gets to sit down with guys that he knows. Um, oh, Bennett also won two tournament games at the Yum Center, so that actually makes sense. Remember on their yeah, on their the national Sweet title, and then yes, the they famous Purdue. Elite Eight game yep. against Purdue. Yeah, yeah. So that that adds up too. Um, let's uh, let's go ahead and play this. This is a question about 
uh, the basketball IQ of this year's Louisville Cardinals basketball team. Not, not to try and lay off the blame, but we hear you talk about these things. It's very clear in your mind what we're not doing and what we're doing incorrectly and so on. Is there a lack of basketball IQ with this team? Do you, you think that they're just not getting, or at least... So this is interesting because if, if you hear Paul, Paul's just in here. If you hear Paul Rogers talk, this is an unusual angle for him. I have not in my time in Louisville heard Paul Rogers talk about players in terms of IQ and these kinds of things. So obviously, a man who has seen thousands of basketball games in person, has called thousands in person, etc., is asking this question. So this comes from a guy that I really trust to ask a question like this. I want to be very clear because I've been critical of other people who have asked questions that I thought were not acceptable questions. This one teeters on the edge of not not being – this is – I don't know, but this gave Kenny Payne at least a chance to say, no, this is the coaching side of things and not the player side of things. Here was his response. Can't grasp it quickly enough at game speed. Well, I would say they haven't experienced it yet. I'm not going to say that they don't have IQ. Um, I trust these kids. I love these kids. I think they're good basketball players. I think they're learning about themselves, learning how attention to detail you have to be to play offense, but especially to play defense, the attention to detail, you have to be locked into it. And you, it takes discipline to do that. Take discipline to do that, to play 20 seconds, 25 seconds of hard-nosed defense without ever making a mistake. Because you know if you make that mistake, they're going to burn you. Yeah. That's really hard to do okay that wasn't as bad as i thought it was gonna be but that we're even asking the question hey do your guys have a low basketball iq but let's play this one instead this is uh this is kenny pay talking about how they've made progress even though it hasn't shown up in the wins and losses columns we talk about it we you know we watch fam we see where our breakdowns are um some of it is a mindset we can't let this be a thing that keeps happening we can't let this because you're right we have made progress we keep watching film we keep talking about it we keep watching film we keep talking about it that is his way of saying i'm doing my job it is not getting through to those kids a different answer than he gave on the iq question but let's hear mike tomlin do you know what this is actually from zach can we get proper Proper credit to where it's this Brian is from. Clark. I think it's like Ryan more Clark's, than an athlete. Perfect. Or, Ryan Clark, ESPN. Yes. His podcast? I believe so. Perfect. Go ahead. I love to hear coaches resist the responsibility of coaching. Mm. <laughs> what you say, Coach? Because they're easy to beat. What would you just say, Coach? <laughs> I love coaches <laughs> that resist the responsibility of coaches, that talk negatively about a dude that can't learn and blah, blah. Man, if everybody could learn, we need less coaches. Yeah, that's right. Right? If, if the group didn't need management, then we wouldn't make as much. Yep. I love reading draft evals and, and, and somebody's talking about anything other than pedigree. Mm. Talking about how poor somebody's hand usage is. Well, that's coaching. Right. Mm. I don't run away from coaching. I run to coaching. Love it. It all is in line with that not seeking comfort. Because when you're a coach that's talking about somebody can't learn, you're seeking comfort because your teaching is struggling. Yeah. I run to coaching. I run to coaching. What an incredible, incredible line that he didn't do. That wasn't on purpose. That wasn't for effect. I don't resist coaching. I don't resist coaching. I run to coaching. Yes. And just to hear those back-to-back, to hear about IQ, to hear about, oh, we're doing this, it's just not working. And then you hear from Tomlin, well, if everybody just got it, we wouldn't need coaches. What a sobering thought. What a very simple and very profound way to put this. And I, when I heard this clip, I, I just, I, I couldn't quite grasp how deep it was. And then Eric Crawford tweeted this. And this was during the during the Lions game last night, so I missed it during the game. But he writes, a word about Jeff Walls. Since joining the ACC in 2014, Louisville is the only women's basketball team to win 80% of its games. They've won 84.5%, by the way. They've lost back-to-back ACC games three times in 10 seasons. And with today's win over Pitt, blah, blah, blah. Okay? 
56 and 0 at home against unranked ACC teams. So they beat the teams they're supposed to. Correct. And they are wildly competitive against the ones that they should Correct. be competitive against, right? And they make the Elite Eight every damn year. You don't feel shortchanged under Walls. You don't feel like you're going to be insulted going to a women's basketball game no. here. And I share all of that to say you hear Mike Tomlin talk about coaching, you hear the stats about Jeff Walls and what he's able to do with that building, what he's able to do with those facilities on the women's side of the game. And then you do not see it on the men's side at all, literally at all. They made four baskets in the first half the other day, Zach. If you had, and you said it in the back, and I think you're totally right. If you had coached the team and said, hey guys, we got no chance of going to the rim, we're going to stand around the three point line and huck threes. Just chuck. We're just going to be chucking. You would have made five baskets. We would have scored 15 points. Yeah. Easy. There's not even that. But I love that Tomlin sound as a juxtaposition to what we're hearing from Kenny Payne. That's what that they're real so, coaches do. That the coaching is so bad that even Paul Rogers is like, do they just not get it? Do they just not get it? Because Paul can't even get his own brain to a spot where the coaching is this bad. It's like if the whole class fails the test, that's not on the students, that's the teacher's fault. If a couple students Could fail, not agree more. That's the As teacher. a former teacher, could not agree yeah. more. Then that's, if a couple of students fail, that's on the students. If, the if whole I, class fails, that's the teacher. If I give out a pick three on Friday on this show and it doesn't hit, it's not the other guy's fault for placing the bet. It's my fault for giving out a bad pick three. Correct. Period. Conversation over. I just, with those comparisons, with what you hear, and by the way, the reason I love the Tomlin sound especially is, who does his accent sound like? Sounds like Kenny Payne. Yes, it does. They have the same grammatical markers in their speech over and over and over again. I'm not going to bore people with a linguistics lesson, but these guys are from the, you know, he's, I think he's from Hampton, Virginia. Yeah, I think he's from Southeast yep, Virginia. Yeah, Tomlin's from Virginia. This is This is not about anything except... One of them has never been under 500 in a league that is designed for you to be under 500 half the time. And with quarterbacks other than Ben Roethlisberger, no one's ever heard of. They, Kenny Pickett got hurt. Mason Rudolph. And he took Mason Rudolph to the, to the playoffs. playoffs. And I just, at some point, you have to hear from a guy, I don't, what was the exact quote? I don't hide from coaching. What is it? I don't, I don't resist coaching. Resist coaching. What a great line. I love to hear from other guys that they can't coach their guys. What a freaking great line. I run coach, to coaching. If you can't coach guys a certain way, then you need to adjust your style. Even the guys in that room who are on that podcast, a Ryan Clark who played, what, eight, ten years in the league? Yeah, he played four, Tomlin. Was blown away by that statement. Yeah. It, it resonated even with them, and they. I guarantee those guys got done with that podcast, they're like, give me a helmet. <laughs> yes. Give me some shoulder pads. I don't get that from Kenny Payne at all. I don't, personally. I don't. I would turn, you know, the scene in Rudy where they turn in their jerseys. That's what they, if you're listening to Kenny Payne talk, you want to turn in your jerseys because you don't want to play anymore. Not because you're de- you're dedicating it to your teammates. Let's hear him talk about, let's hear him talk about his coaching. Let's go to KP7 from the podium. Um, he uh, talks about making adjustments in the game. I, I'm, I'm so struck, Zach, in this market by how, you know, I was talking with, uh, with Bobby V the other day and, uh, and I was trying to explain this to my son the other day. Basketball is not a, not a complicated sport, but it's very difficult to play well. Okay. And, and I, I think I told the, the anecdote last week. I watched a, a friend of mine, his, his name is Greg, uh, was coaching my kid's sixth grade team. And he only really has two rules keep yourself between the ball and the basket on defense. And if you're open, take the shot. Those are really his only two rules. And frankly, for 10 year olds and 11 year olds, that's perfect, right? That's what that is a terrific way. But frankly, it never changes. <laughs> like that's basketball. Like take smart shots on offense, and on defense, be in the way. Essentially, just be in the way. If you can get a steal, great. If you can block a shot, great. But if you're in the way, if you make it difficult, if you're a menace on defense, you're gonna. The other team's not gonna score as much. But Doctor Ted, of all people, called in around the time of the bowl game, so it's been a month already. And Diener said, hey, is it, is it the comments? Is it this stuff? And we live in this talk radio bubble, you and me, Zach. And he said, no, I watch them out of timeouts and they're not doing anything. And I watch them come out at second half and they're, and they're not making adjustments. By the way, Louisville outscores Virginia 39-28 in the second half. I am so glad to see that no one is taking that and saying, well, see, they made the adjustments. No. 
Virginia was up by a billion and didn't care in the second half. It was so obvious. Let's play KP7, though. Are you making adjustments, and what do they look like? Kenny, when you guys do have that bad first half, are you saying anything at halftime or making adjustments in the second half to make sure that those guys that you know sometimes Pause. haven't done the best with adversity in situations like that but don't make it go from bad to worse? Okay. I want everyone to – I want you're going to start this over again. I want you to just play it again, and then I'll make my comment. Start that question over again. I want everyone to think about this. This is a man at a podium who's making $3.5 million a year coaching a top six all-time program. Go ahead and ask, do this question again. Kenny, when you guys do have that bad first half, are you saying anything at halftime or making adjustments in the second half to make sure that those guys that you know sometimes haven't done the best with adversity in situations like that but don't make it go from bad to worse? No question we are, and I am. Um, you know, I'm trying to make the adjustment. Okay, you're not understanding. Maybe we go to a different type of offense where we move the ball first for a while and then we do something different. Defensively, we may have to go more zone. Um, I'm throwing everything I can on the wall. I'm trying to challenge guys to be better. Um, you know, example, how can a Trey White play 28 minutes and no rebounds? Trey, we, we can't win. You have to have a better game for this team to win. You're our, one of our better players, one of our best players. You can't have these type of games. You have to make an impact on the winning and losing of our team. We need you to make the impact on winning. How many times did he blame the players just in that answer? You. He said you about six times. No, did, did he Trey ever say White, me? Trey White, I want to remind people, was Pac-12 freshman of the year last year. Yes. And did, he's the problem? He never said I. He said you. That is the very opposite of leadership. Mike Tomlin would not say that. Oh, God. (laughs) Mike Tomlin has never thrown anybody under the bus that I know of. Think about what the standard difference is right now. That people were like, yeah, Tomlin should get fired. I mean, think about that. Took Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph to the playoffs. Yes. He's never had a losing record. In Baltimore's division. Yeah. I just don't want to in hear about Cleveland's it. division, Cincinnati's I, yeah, division. I know. The best division know. in football. Probably the best division in football. Yes. Uh, Texter. Uh, the problem uh, all goes back to his staff. you got to put yourself in position to succeed. KP failed from day one, taking care of his friends, and now he's going to pay for it. Uh, when last year he could have made a change and bought himself another year or so, but he's blinded to it. He's got the best staff in the country, whatever. I, oh, dear God. Th- that's what he said, right? I mean, and it's no, no, no the Texter's being ironic here of course but like i just i mean texter they don't have the money to buy out pain it is a vicious cycle no one goes to the games no one spends the money did you see how much they lowered expectations for revenue on the basketball side before the season no that they're much? only down two million think about that only only down two million with how the attendance numbers have been is Oof. is brutal did i mean you it's just absolutely brooding oh of course um those are wearing out. People are not as uh, enthralled by those. They've made up their minds. Uh, Texture, even Lloyd Gardner's been to two practices, and he has no idea what the assistants do. I, I hear you. But I just I wanted people to hear that sound. Are you making adjustments? I want everyone to really – that's how I'm going to close this segment. Think about the fact that we're in one of the great basketball markets on the planet. Okay? On the planet. And someone had to ask the question, are you making halftime adjustments? Are you making halftime adjustments? That says it all, doesn't it? Uh, Just about all. Texture, good God, the KP answer was painful. <sighs> Which one? <laughs> uh, reminder, they're back in action at Clemson. Now, 730 <laughs> pregame on 93.9. First tip at 9 o'clock over on 93.9. How about that? Ethan Marl, have you in a Coors Light postgame show. Uh, as well, high school hour, 6 o'clock on Wednesdays here. Louisville Sports Live at 7 on Wednesday over on 93.9. Zach, you sitting in on that one. I assume you are. Which one? Uh, Louisville Sports Live Wednesday. Yeah. Yep. How about that? There you go. Yep, got that in uh, Kentucky Post game Wednesday. How about that? You are not understanding. Uh, a team that is understanding. Uh, UK, they win at Arkansas, and something I predicted came true, where Louis was right. <laughs> we do it next. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. 
time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. You are listening to Rebeau and Co. here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rebeau. All right, welcome back in. Shall we stay or shall we go here, Rebeau and Co., ESPN 680-1057. Bobby V after us in about uh, 35 minutes or so. Our reaction to all the happenings over the weekend, I'm sure. I forget which game he was calling on ESPN Radio this weekend, but I'm sure he will regale you uh, with... Stories of his travels as well. And, of course, uh, Roundtable, 3 o'clock. We'll go local till 6 p.m. here on ESPN 680. 105.7. Great point by you. Dan Campbell shows up on the screen. He fell on the sword yesterday. He didn't blame anybody for dropping passes. He didn't blame anybody for missing kicks or whatever. Nope. Just those were my he decisions. Didn't. I stand by. Kenny Payne would have said Josh Reynolds dropped the ball. <laughs> we called a great play, but Josh Reynolds dropped the ball. Texter has texted this in a couple of times that I do want to get to, so I appreciate them texting it back in. 437-9680. And, uh, by the way, if you're new to the show, Louis Rabot, Zach Cantrell, hanging out with you. We're here 10 to noon every Monday through Friday. The Co and Rabot and Co, I, I really am trying to set this up that it's all of y'all on the text line, hanging out with the show, et cetera. So go ahead, 437-9680. I, I think people are buying into that, Zach. They're buying into the Co because they'll text me the same thing a couple of times hoping I'll talk about it, which is awesome. And this is one of them. Texture, 437-9680. Louis, excluding KP's dead bird cards, <laughs> the worst two-year ACC run belongs to Boston College in 2015 through 2017. BC went 16-46 and with wins over Auburn, Providence, and Syracuse. Do you think KP can go 6-4 and over the next 10 games and match BC's run? I want everyone to realize what has been texted in to this show. That they have to go six and four in their next ten games in a conference in which they have not had a winning record in multiple years to match a sixteen and forty six run by Boston College in the league. That's where we're at. Uh, Louisville is worse than Boston College is worse. Boston College is pretty bad, and BC's at the bottom. Yeah, the B is for bottom. Okay. <laughs> bottom college. Bottom college. There you go. UK gets the win over the weekend, and something. That we talked a lot about on this show, and Zach and I were actually texting during the game, is the Edwards thing. And last week, I asked the question over and over and over again, how long can Justin Edwards be part of the equation and Kentucky be a successful team? And the interesting thing, Zach, is with him in the lineup and playing and not getting points, for a long time they were excellent offensively. And then recently they haven't been. So two things, you know, two games in a row now, especially the Arkansas game, Zach, they they hold a team to 57 points here. Mm-hmm. Now, Arkansas is not good. Let's no. be very clear about it. It's still a ridiculous place to play. Their fans deserve a fair amount of credit, frankly, for how bad they are and how much they show up like crazy for those games. It's a cool environment, okay? Now, that said... <laughs> I mean, 35 minutes for Reed Shepard stands out. Obviously, with no Dillingham, you needed that, right? By the way, are we buying the Dillingham stomach bug issue if he's sitting on the bench? No, you're not supposed to be around people if you've got a stomach bug. So, so is there any... Okay, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> I got to stay on task here. 12 minutes for Bradshaw, 9 minutes for Edwards. 25 for Ogana Anyenso. And we talked about it last week, and this is the time of year when you start to trim your roster. Nine guys played, but Zub, but Avisich played two minutes. Edwards played nine. So seven guys got 12 minutes or more. Five of them got 25 minutes or more. Those five are Trey Mitchell. And Zach, you can join me for this part of the conversation, please. Sorry, not can. Will you join me for this part of the conversation, please? I was going to say I'm capable. (laughs) I do speak English, Louis. Trey Mitchell, we assume, is going to get minutes the rest of the season, yes? Of course. I agree. 
DJ Wagner, 35 minutes. We agree he's going to get a bunch of minutes. Yep. Reeves, Antonio Reeves got a obviously. bunch of minutes. He's going to play. All-American candidate. So Reed yeah. Shepard's going to get a bunch of minutes. Sure. Dillingham coming back at some point will get at least 20-ish, 18 to 22 kind of minutes. Correct. Yes. Yes. Is Ugo that next guy? Is Agnetso the next guy? Could be. And here's why I ask. 25 minutes, none of the stat numbers will come just jump off the page at you. Right? Four rebounds. He did have two offensive rebounds, to be fair to him. Three blocks, which is a lot, by the way, in college. And three fouls. Only one turnover. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, he goes three for four from the field, six points. Now, I don't think six and four from him long term is quite enough. I don't think it needs to be a lot more. I think if he's like a nine and seven kind of guy, they could be really, really good with him in the starting lineup. But is Ugo the next guy? Is that the guy who's going to have to be in the lineup? It's a fascinating question because you had Thierro back and he didn't look bad, Zach, but he didn't look comfortable. Is that, a way, is that an okay way to put it? Where his shots didn't look that great and, and I mean, etc. Et 0 for 5, 1 for 2 from the line. He did have the six rebounds. But Thierro, I think it's going to take some time to get back in the lineup. I think that back thing for big guys is really uncomfortable. And it's really, if it makes you shy at all, Zach, when you're playing at this level, it could really hurt your game. And I'm worried that Thierro's shy right now. Yeah. Agnetso is not. And he's throwing that body around. And he's he's a seven-footer that's playing like one. And he's moving like a six-eight guy. And I, you saw Cal's reaction to him, man. That's right. And it was legitimate. That that was a guy who, uh, if Agnetso doesn't play like that, we'll wait on Saturday. Nope. That's pretty simple. And I and I do think that this is this is where we're in a weird spot with Kentucky basketball is that you get these guys on this roster. And I was even I was even texting with Nate Buckler from Buckler Farms, and he called he called Edwards a top three bust in the Cal era. I'm not doing a top five bust list of, of the Cal era, but for this season. Justin Edwards is not part of the winning equation for this team long term. He was at the beginning of the season when they played bums and when they played other teams that that they could just dominate. Do you see but Ennis now th- just put out a who did? quote Ennis put out a quote oh. that Kirby Smart had about don't be a blame guy? Oh, well there you go. Yeah. Appreciate Mark listening. He said don't be a blame guy. That's the first sign of loser mentality when you blame someone else for your mistake. Mm-hmm. That's why Kirby's a two time champ. And I'm not blaming Justin Edwards for anything. I want to be clear about that. I'm not blaming Zvonimir Vesic for anything. But I do think it's telling. In a game when Bradshaw only plays 12 minutes, that Zvonimir only plays two, Big Z is not part of the equation going forward. No. He's there. He's available. He's not part of the equation. He had his moment. I think he did. It's just, I don't know. Bradshaw's the interesting one here. Because we already knew this about Edwards. Okay? We knew what he was going into that game. I wasn't saying anything that no one else could see. That's simply not the case. This wasn't some kind of novel observation. When I brought up the scale comparison, that caught Ben Roberts off guard a little bit. And when he, Zach, that was, I'll be honest, of all of the things that Ben has responded to outside of culture questions at the end about his wife's weight, is <laughs> <laughs> that was the one when I compared him to Scal. I kind of expected him to go, oh, come on. And he went, well, yeah, I guess when we watched Scal in high school, we just assumed he was going to be the best, right? And I'm like, yeah. Oh, we saw Justin Edwards in high school. We just assumed it would work, right? Yeah. It just isn't. And again, I maybe this is where where I've been hanging around of Alvano too much. I don't blame Cal when, as much as other people, when guys come in and it just doesn't work. Because for so many guys, they've come in and it does work. Yeah. It's not going to work for every single player. So I want to be really clear about this, that while... I'm not exonerating Cal from how Justin Edwards is playing. I will not exonerate him if he continues to let him play and, and not produce. Right. I mean, that's really where we're at. Uh, texter Danny was, oh boy, that's a longer one. I will get to that in a second, but that's about you, Abel. Um, texter, random question. Would Cal rather win a game 59-57 or 110-95? You know the answer to that one. Yes, you do. <laughs> was he deliberately trying to get them to play a half-court game Saturday? Because at times it seemed like it. They didn't get out and transition all that much. Cal's fingerprints were more on this game than they have been. Yes. I think so. Yes. Texter, I know I'm beating a dead horse, but there are better players at every position for Wagner, Bradshaw, and Edwards. Here's the problem with Edwards. Excuse me, with Wagner. 
I've talked enough about Edwards. DJ, as far as an assist guy, isn't that guy. Shepard's a better, has a better nose for setting up, a better instinct for setting guys up with that last pass, Zach. No doubt. He knows who's open. He knows it is so instinctual for him. Um, and I'm, by the way, I'm not usually a sucker for these, but the guy who put the picture up of, of Jeff Shepard next to Reed doing the dunk in the same jersey, I didn't hate that. Not going to lie. It was pretty cool. Um, the thing about Wagner is he is such a complicated case because when he's not shooting well, it's ugly. But when his when he's driving and getting to the basket and forcing the play and hitting those hitting those those you know those shots in the lane and or any kind of layup, I mean he's a game changer. The problem is in the SEC, that's not as easy to do as it was against guys early on in the season. And he's finding that out. He had a couple blocked on Saturday. You know, it was three for ten from the floor. I I don't think for this team that Reed Shepard is better overall at the one, but I do think they're finding that him alongside Wagner maximizes Reed Shepard. And that's one of the questions going forward. Who do you need to not only cut out of a lineup, who do you need to maximize in a lineup? I think going into the season, you assumed it wasn't going to be a Trey Mitchell, but you obviously need to maximize Trey Mitchell. It's such a bizarre thing to say, given the NBA talent around him. Because Trey Mitchell ain't playing in the NBA. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But you got to maximize Trey Mitchell, and you got to maximize Reed Shepard. Those are the top two. It's a weird thing to say, but you have to do it. Antonio Reeves is going to ball out. I, I thought for a 9-for-20 game, that was, by his standard, poor. <laughs> he was pretty damn good on Saturday. Every three he made, Zach, was just pure. It was just beautiful. Yeah. And that's Antonio Reeves at his very best. He's not getting enough attention for the All-American season that he's having. Like, how many guys are averaging the numbers that he's... I, I, like, 19 a game while shooting 50, 40, 90. It doesn't happen. It does not. And I, I keep hearing about Reed Shepard, and that's great because he's having a very nice time, a very nice season, excuse me. But man, I, I'm with you. Antonio Reeves is, is different. He's cut different. He, this is a guy that is playing essentially, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's not, it's, he's not playing for the same team he played for last year. No. Even though the jersey's the same, it's not the same team at all. Not even close. And he's the guy that makes his team go. That's I don't right. think anybody can question that. Yeah. Uh, Texter, beating your man off the dribble uh, doesn't matter when you can't finish. That is becoming the issue with DJ Wagner. That's kind of the That's issue for their the team. They're not, they were 9 it's for 26 on layups the other day. Ugh. Texter, the problem for Cal is that all of his initial freshmen did, did pan out. Yeah? Uh, I don't know about that. I, I think that long-term for Cal is... It's who do you maximize at this point? He's had more hits than misses. Yes, but in this case, this season, it's okay to say out loud, it was a vocal minority that thought that Reed Shepard was going to be great in college. He's a lot better than we thought he was going to be. Yes. And that's a great problem. And by the way, let's do it. Cal deserves credit for that. Of course he does. They have set up a system where where they're maximizing Reed Shepard, Rob Dillingham. I think Trey Mitchell, this is perfect for him. Yep. Which is a weird thing to say, like I said. Antonio Reeves, this is obviously better than last year. Yep. And and so, no, I, I think some of this is, is really a thing. Uh, text of the game change would Cal change Reed to point guard and let him run the offense. But Wagner was also on the floor, and I think we can't understate that. I think that both of those are true. I think it's obvious that Reed Shepard is there. He and Antonio Reeves are the top guys in the backfield backcourt, let's be clear. But there's something about the Wagner presence that's really valuable. That's correct. And I don't know what it is. I'll be very clear. I think it's that he's a bigger guard. He's a physical guy. He'll do those things. He's still willing to go to the basket. I still like that part at least. Because at some point, drawing those fouls, being aggressive that way is going to matter in a tournament game. Or it's going to matter later in the SEC schedule. So I'm not I'm not as down on Wagner, I think, as some other people are. But I understand, too, if people are. Because the numbers are not great. They're I'm not, not down on him. I still think he's got... The potential, and he hasn't lost his confidence. As you said, he keeps right. taking the ball to the basket. Edwards There's, has lost everything. Edwards it, it sucks. It he's sucks afraid the, out there. Yeah, he is afraid out there. He's still he's looking at the bench. I mean, he doesn't. You know would what think to do. you would think the guy plays for Rick Pitino fifteen years ago. That's how scared he looks out there. 
And that's it's not a way for a lot of guys to play. It no. just isn't. I mean, it just really isn't. Uh, Texture Antonio Reeves is 25-year-old playing in college. Let's not forget that. Now, I get it. I, I get it, but it's usually when a guy's in college that long, it's for There's a, a reason, reason, and he's playing the opposite of that. He's playing great. He's getting better. Yeah. He's not a compiler. <laughs> Texture, can you imagine KP trying to tell us DJ Wagner isn't good had he gone to L? <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't get it. I, I, I told try, him everything. I tried to teach him. I, I showed everything. We watched the film. <sighs> Man, did you watch The Simpsons at all? Of course. Okay, so the Ned Flanders episode where he goes to the sanatorium. Yeah. Sanitarium. And his dad, his beatnik parents sit down. Oh, yeah. We've tried nothing, We've Doc. Tried and nothing. We're all out of ideas. <laughs> That's right. Is what, is what Kenny paints off. That's the KP experience. Yeah. I think Ned Flanders would do a better job. With <laughs> Let's be real. I think Ned Flanders would have more than 10 wins. Oh, man. Do you imagine Homer coaching that team? <laughs> Flanders. <laughs> Game's out there. Uh, man, uh, Texter, uh, Cal needs to try to force the ball uh, to be in Reed's hand because he's a great player that tends to hide on offense sometimes. You know, the thing about Reed to this point that does stand out is he he is pass first, shot second. Yeah. Despite the fact that he is an unbelievably great shooter for college. College level especially. Yep. And I... It is, while that's an admirable thing and you want guys that think that way about how they play basketball, at the same time, once in a while, you just want him to turn into Antonio Reeves and shoot the damn ball. You just want him to at some point. Uh, Texter, not down on Wagner, he just needs to be off the point. I I think what we're finding is having multiple ball handlers, as it has been in college basketball for years, the old adage of guards winning in March, is absolutely true for this team. It's not even a question. What are you looking at that's making you smile? Nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> you had me distracted for a second. No. But no, uh, they need to be guard heavy on UK's team this year. All the talk of playing two seven-footers and all this stuff, it's almost like the Black Bush sketch on Chappelle's show. That's right. Where he talks about going to Mars. Uh-huh. The seven-footers almost seems like look over here, look over here, when it's the guard play that's going to carry Kentucky. That's I don't think right. it's even close. Um, Yenso though, is the question here. How much... Does he step into the lineup? What is his value? Is it more than what you say in the stat sheet? To me, it is. He was very good on Saturday. He was very good on Saturday in a road environment when I don't know that that was the game plan to play him 25 minutes. I don't don't think it was. They don't win the game if they do not win if he's not on the team on Saturday. I agree. But I think, I think you're watch for the next game that the starting lineup might be some combination of Bradshaw, Mitchell, Agnenso, Wagner, and Reeves. Yeah. I think that's that sounds about right. Florida is coming to town on Wednesday. We will have the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife post game show here. Gandolfo, Entz, and Cantrell for you, or is it just you and Gandolfo now? I'm sorry. Uh, I think it, no, Entz is he's back on it for Wednesday. Yeah, he was just oh, on uh, Saturday. Okay, great. Uh, that'll be here on 680-1057. We're your home for that Kentucky Fish and Wildlife post game show, and they encourage you to head there to their website for that 2024 elk draw today. Some Lincoln Park, and then we wrap up the show. We do it next here, Roboco, ESPN 680-1057. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rebeau. All right, welcome back in. Final segment here on a Monday. We'll get you through the week here on Rebeau & Co. ESPN 680-1057. Louis Rebeau at Radio Louis on Twitter. Hanging out with you, Bobby V, in about 20 minutes. And, of course, you get roundtable. 3 o'clock, go local till 6 p.m. here on... Hey, look, your mom's favorite radio station. ESPN 680-1057. How about that? Uh, Four Derby preps on Saturday. 
Uh, we'll go to Oaklawn, Aqueduct. Excuse me, Aqueduct. Sorry, Bill. Sorry, I know Bill's listening. Sorry, Bill. Aqueduct. Uh, the, the, the Robert B. Lewis out Santa Anita. And, of course, the Holy Bowl at Gulfstream Park. So, Zach, here is the, here is the dilemma, and I, I need to go through this with you as my producer. All right, so the Southwest is at Oakland Park in Arkansas. The track announcer there, Matt Dinnerman, is a personal friend. We'll talk to Matt. The Withers is in New York. We just had uh, Matthew DeSantis on. <laughs> we can have him back on if we want to. The Robert B. Lewis is out in L.A. at Santa Anita. Uh, and we could have our guy John Lindo on. In the Holy Bull, I've already made plans to talk to Brian Nadeau, who does work down at Gulfstream Park. How should we spread those out? Should I interview all of those guys, get five-minute clips together, and then we play them as one segment? Or do I start talking to them on Wednesday? What do we do, do you think? We start talking to them on Wednesday. Okay, so we start integrating more horse bros into the show on these big derby weekends. I think so. Done. Done. We need filler this week because we don't have football. (laughs) Filler. Derby preps are not filler. Not filler, but... (laughs) We can talk longer because we don't have football. I'll tell you what's funny is is Easter is super early this year. I know. So Ash Wednesday's on Valentine's Day. So the Risen Star Stakes, which is a derby prep in New Orleans, Zach, is usually, and I mean usually, like 19 out of 20 years during Mardi Gras. So tons of guys go down to New Orleans for the races, but then they they crush Mardi Gras, right? You know, the the rest of the weekend. And this weekend, it's three days after Ash Wednesday because it's so early this year. So uh, no no extra partying down there for the Risen Star. Not that I'm worried about... um, not that I'm worried about New Orleans and partying. Don't worry. I just found uh, a semi-interesting stat for you. All right, go. So the Chiefs. I the, love things that are semi-interesting. So the Chiefs and 49ers are having a Super Bowl rematch of the game four years ago. Right. Yeah. That was okay, an election Josh. year. This oh. was an election year. <laughs> the Giants and Patriots met in 2008 and 2012 in the Super Bowl. Both election years. How about that? Super Bowl rematch. All right. So let's let's years. do this. Who won the 08 Super Bowl? The Giants. Okay. Who won the election? Obama. Obama. Okay. 2012, who won the game? The Giants. Giants again. Who won the election? Obama. Barack Obama. Okay. So the New York team in a blue state in New Jersey wins the game. Correct. Democrat wins the election. Okay. Let's let's try to do this again. So four years ago, who won the game? The Chiefs. Okay. They're in Missouri. Yeah. Which is a border state and also like a red-blue kind of state. Yeah. But the red team, you know. The red team won the Super Bowl. The red team did not win the election. How about that? Aqueduct is for water. Aqueduct is for horses. Appreciate you, Texter. <laughs> so we're saying, so basically, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, that means we're getting four more years of Biden. <laughs> That's what we're That's saying. That's our takeaway. There it is. And if the 49ers win, Trump. It's ironic that we the don't... team in San Francisco is the one that <laughs> launched that Trump to the victory. <laughs> That's and the red team is the one that shows that the Democrats clearly going to win. See, we don't even need to talk about the election for the next nine months, people. There you go. We've, we're the Super Bowl will settle weeks. it. There it is. Taylor Swift will settle it. By the way, I'm proud of people. I didn't see any tweets. Any. I didn't see many tweets about congratulations to Taylor Swift for making the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm good, good with that. Taxter. Election talk with Zach, 267 <laughs> We'll do plenty of that in the fall. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, we will. I'll talk politics. I don't care. Oh, yeah. I got, I got I got ideas. Um, all right, where do we wrap up the show? Okay, uh, odds and ends uh, with the with the Derby stuff. Today is the last day to declare in which barn your horses are with the Triple Crown folks, and therefore a starting uh, a starting spot in the Kentucky Derby. We had John Shervon from the LA Times. He told you that he thinks he's reading the tea leaves, but because there was a settlement. And Churchill Downs agreed to pay their own legal fees. That there are negotiations going on between the two camps. And I am of the opinion, Zach, that if Baffert's back off the suspension and you create that drama, it actually could draw more eyeballs to the Derby than just being Derby 150. Now, we just talked about the Chiefs and having Taylor Swift bring another couple million eyeballs to the Super Bowl. How many people do you think Taylor Swift will be responsible for on the Super Bowl? Over under 10 million. Over. Over. I agree. Okay. Now I'm close. Bob Baffert for the Super Bowl, or for the uh, Kentucky Derby, obviously. Excuse me. The number three or four televised sporting event every year in this country. I think it'll move into the top three this year because of 150. They'll advertise the bleep out of it. Okay. Bob Baffert, how many eyeballs is he worth? I'm going to go a half million over. Yeah, it's not a lot. Half million is a lot of people. 
when you're talking about a 19, 18 million type of viewership, half million's a lot. What's that, Zach? Half million, over under? I'll go under. I go under as well. I don't that's think what's it's that large of a I'm number. with you. So that's the dilemma. Now, John Sherva's theory is if they're already negotiating on legal fees, then almost certainly they're also negotiating on whether he can have a horse in the starting gate or not. And uh, text to the city of San Francisco would sacrifice a Super Bowl win and to be guaranteed Trump loses the election is a good text. And the 49ers haven't won in 30 years. I don't know. They play in Santa Clara anyway. Yeah, they do. Um, that stadium looks amazing. Yeah. God, it looks amazing. Did you see there were a lot <sighs> of Lions the fans there? Of course. They got nothing else to do. <laughs> Never have to spend money on playoff tickets again. No. <laughs> Back to being terrible. <laughs> Back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. And oh, there goes your top two coaches. That's right. You um, see Eminem was there, of course. Yeah, blazing middle fingers. Let's oh, go. yeah, he was. Very Eminem. So uh, I, I have not seen any movement today from the Bafford barn. Which means that Muth, which is the best horse in Southern California, has not left the Bafford barn. In John Sherva's opinion, this means that we're going to get Bafford starters in the starting gate for the Kentucky Derby. I hope he's right. The Derby is more interesting when we have all of the best trainers in North America involved, not just select ones. And that's a personal opinion. I hope he's there. I hope they figure it out. Um, a couple of years ago, Zach, this is something I never understood. They really, I mean, they fell into this at the Preakness where they tested his horses before the race. And I have never is... I've never understood why we don't do this for all the big races. Just test them beforehand. We'll know everything we need to know. And frankly, by testing beforehand, it forces them in any of the medications that have half-lives or wear off or whatever, forces them to do it even earlier so the horses are even cleaner for the races. I don't know. I, I think that's... I don't know. I, I think that's the way to go. By the way, I am hoping on tomorrow's show that we will have a cool announcement for people of some programming here at the station as well just got an email hoping that's true texts are asking is Bafford banned from uh just banned from chaining at churchill or can he literally not step foot on the grounds he is not allowed at a cdi property at all um he himself his horses etc so that's i mean it's a lot of places Presque Isle, turfway ellis churchill downs obviously um new orleans fairgrounds a lot of different places that they own tracks and he's not allowed to, to be a train etc Obviously, Churchill being the the top of those. But no, he just ran a horse, just won the uh, Pegasus over the weekend uh, with National Treasure. So, no, he's, he's still doing the thing. <laughs> so, yeah, tough times. But I, I'm interested, if John's right, today is an indication that Baffert and Churchill are working on something and the, that Muth hasn't been trained, transferred to, say, anyone else, uh, Tim Yachting usually. Uh, I have to point this out because it was funny. So my Lions lose. And on the same day, the Tigers agree to a deal making an unusual bet on a guy named Colt Keith who's playing AAA for them and gave him, at 22 years old, a $28 million guaranteed contract that can escalate to 64 or $82 million over nine years. Now, in baseball terms, nine years, $80 million is nothing. Nothing. I mean, legitimately nothing. So I think that's part of the gamble here for the Tigers. He's an infielder. He's a left, uh, left-handed left hitting uh, he plays third and second. Grew up in Zanesville, Ohio. I'm sure you know where that is. Yes, I do. Fifth round pick out of Biloxi High School in Mississippi. 325, 14 homers, 50 RBIs, and 59 games of AA last year. So those are obviously very good numbers. Gets up to AAA, still hits 287, which in the modern game is very good. Okay. I'm interested in this because of what they close with. Detroit has had losing records in seven straight seasons. The Tigers have not won a World Series since 1984 and have not won the pennant since 2012. What are we doing, man? Just <laughs> it's pooped all over my Tigers. Feels like they're catching strays for no reason, man. Colt Keith sounds like a country singer. Doesn't he? Colt Keith. No relation to Toby. Oh, man. And the other part is uh, Jim Harbaugh's a liar, and here's how I know. Shocker. Wait, wait, wait. Should we Breaking news. He said he was starstruck meeting Justin Herbert. Oh, come on, Jim. Starstruck. 
What? Starstruck. It's Justin Herbert, a guy who's 30 years younger than you. Starstruck. Chill out. We don't have to do this. No. Coaches, you don't have to do this. We really don't. <sighs> Texter. Uh, about Taylor Swift and the uh, TV percentages. Taylor drew a higher percentage of TV ratings increase for regular season than she will for the Super Bowl. Swifties were already going to the parties where the Super Bowl would be on. They will just pay more attention this year. Yeah. Ooh, maybe. Mm. Interesting. I, I, I don't hate that take. I don't hate that take. I disagree with it, but I don't hate that take. Uh, Texter, if your name is Colt, if you name your son Colt Keith, you have to send him to play South to play sports. I could not agree more. He has to have a sweeping haircut. Oh, is that's, he not? An, that's an got to have that guy. SEC haircut. Oh, yeah. Where he's brushing the hair out of his eyes all the time. That's right. Oh, it's every kid at my kid's school right now. Of course. Uh, t- <laughs> Texture. Sad that the statue in front of Ford Field will be a ball bouncing off a lion face mask. It's not sad. It's just my life. It's okay. Colt Keith has to play QB for Texas or Georgia. I also agree with that. <laughs> Colt Keith also sounds like the foreman at a at a construction job for Amazon. Yeah, he does. Hey, I you know I got a delivery here. Who do I need? Oh, Colt Keith. He's right around the corner there. Uh, he's wearing a tie and a hot and a hard hat. That's Colt Keith. Yep. <laughs> what a great name. You see the thing where? Well, yesterday a Detroit team won against. Yeah, the, the, most hated team, the most no, hated the team in Seattle. The Pistons were supposed to fall on the sword and lose. Yeah. Detroit's not allowed to have two wins in one day. We can't do that. You should have known. If, that of that course. They beat, the, they beat the Thunder. SGA played. Imagine if I told you before the day that a Detroit team was going to beat the most hated team in Seattle. You'd have been happy with that. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. Man, oh, man. You're not allowed to have too many nice things. Uh, if you, no, hell no. If you missed any part of the show, go back to the podcast center, ESPNLouisville.com. I will be back at it tomorrow. We will have Mark Ennis uh, early in the show. We'll get into everything with him. Uh, interested in the next couple of weeks, Zach, I think we should keep the NFL talk up every day. We should talk, we should talk Super Bowl every day, yes. at least for one segment. Interested in your thoughts and how we kind of develop into this because I, I agree with you right now. This is an easy one. I'm not betting against Mahomes. I, it, frankly, it's why I picked him in Baltimore this weekend. Yeah. I mean, and what's funny is only because the Lions pissed it away was I right about both games. Yep. That the Lions would keep it close but lose, and that the Chiefs would just win outright. A lot of people were happy of that last Detroit. No touchdown. kidding. Um, the The real part here, though, is can we talk ourselves in the next two weeks off of the, oh, it's Pat Mahomes, we just have to go that way. It's Andy Reid, we have to go that way. Is there something that could come up in the next two weeks of conversation that sways how we think about this Super Bowl in any kind of tangible way. My sense is yes, by the way. Yeah, I, th- I think that we'll get to a point where we can make an obvious and good case for either team winning the game, and I think we set ourselves up for another cool Super Bowl yep. like we've had in the last couple of years. Alongside Zach Cantrell, my name's Louis Rabot. I hear the music, so that means we got to get out of here. This has been Rabot & Co. on ESPN 680. 105.7, you can find me on Twitter at Radio Louis. You can find the station at ESPN 680 as well. We'll be back tomorrow at 10 with Mark Ennis, and we hope you will be as well. Have a good rest of the day, everybody.